No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Gibeonites, inhabitants of the land of Canaan, pretend to come from far away and deceive Israel into making a treaty with them. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Joshua chapter 9 on Simply the Bible. Things are not always what they seem. And some things that seem like obvious right choices are, in fact, the worst decisions we make. Today we see where Joshua and the elders of Israel trusted their senses rather than trusting the Lord. It turned out to be a mistake. Fortunately for them and for us, God is gracious to turn mistakes into opportunities. We pick it up in Joshua chapter 9. And it came to pass when all the kings who were on this side of the Jordan, in the hills and in the lowland and in all the coasts of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite heard about it, that they gathered together to fight with Joshua and Israel with one accord. These kings living in the land of Canaan didn't ordinarily get along, but they banded together to fight Israel, for they figured that their only chance was to be united. Often people who are natural enemies will join forces against the Lord. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they worked craftily and went out and pretended to be ambassadors. And they took old sacks on their donkeys, old wineskins torn and mended, old and patched sandals on their feet, and old garments on themselves. And all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal and said to him and to the men of Israel, We have come from a far country. Now, therefore, make a covenant with us. Gibeon was only about 25 miles away from the camp of Israel at Gilgal. When the Gibeonites heard what Israel did to Jericho and Ai, they knew that they would be wiped out. So they devised a ruse, a cunning plan to make a treaty with Israel. They pretended to be ambassadors from a distant country. They took worn-out saddlebags, torn and mended wineskins, and old patched sandals and clothing. They packed bread that was dry and moldy. They, then they approached Joshua, wanting to make a treaty with Israel, since they were from a distant country. Somehow, they must have known that Israel was commanded to wipe out the nations close to them, but that God permitted them to make treaties with those nations that were far away. This story illustrates how Satan works. He is a master deceiver. The Apostle Paul told the Corinthians that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Paul also said that we aren't ignorant of his devices. When Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he even used scripture. We must always be on our guard lest we fall for his schemes and are deceived by him. Verse 7, Then the men of Israel said to the Hivites, Perhaps you dwell among us, so how can we make a covenant with you? But they said to Joshua, We are your servants. 
And Joshua said to them, Who are you? And where do you come from? So they said to him, From a very far country your servants have come, because of the name of the Lord your God. For we have heard of his fame, and all that he did in Egypt, and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites, who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon king of Heshbon, and Og king of Bashan, who was at Ashtaroth. Therefore our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke to us, saying, Take provisions with you for the journey, and go to meet them, and say to them, We are your servants. Now therefore make a covenant with us. This bread of ours we took hot for our provision from our houses on the day we departed to come to you. But now look, it is dry and moldy, and these wineskins which we filled were new. And see, they are torn, and these are garments, and our sandals have become old because of the very long journey. Now, it's interesting. Why would Joshua and the men of Israel suspect that perhaps this delegation dwelt close by and not far away? Very often, God warns us of potential dangers. I like to say that he puts a check in my spirit. Those times that I've ignored this inner voice, I have later regretted it. If they were in fact a delegation from a distant country, then why weren't they better prepared for the long journey? And why were they motivated to travel such a long way just to make a treaty with Israel? Joshua did question them, but not very much. The Gibeonites were quick to point to their worn-out clothing their torn wineskins and moldy bread as the proof that they were telling the truth, which of course they weren't. Verse 14, Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. So Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live, and the rulers of the congregation swore to them. This was one of those no-brainer situations. Joshua and the elders of Israel could see for themselves that these people had come from a long way, so they did not inquire of the Lord. They did not seek his counsel. They relied upon their senses and their own understanding rather than on the Lord. Therefore, Joshua made a peace treaty with them to let them live, and the rulers of the congregation swore an oath to them. Now, God had told Israel not to make a treaty with the inhabitants of the land. God knew that if they let them live, then these people would lead Israel into the sin of idolatry. It's interesting that the children of Israel had just listened to a reading of the entire book of the law. They knew what God said, but they leaned on their own understanding rather than praying. No doubt if they had prayed, then God would have shown them that the Gibeonites were lying. This was Joshua's second mistake since crossing the Jordan River. The first was going to war against Ai by relying upon the counsel of his spies rather than inquiring of the Lord. Now, I am encouraged that Joshua did make leadership mistakes. If God only used perfect people, then he wouldn't have anyone to work with. Joshua made mistakes, but he learned from them and made good of them. And that's the mark of a good leader. Verse 16, And it happened at the end of three days, after they had made a covenant with them, that they heard that they were their neighbors who dwelt near them. 
Then the children of Israel journeyed and came to their cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon, Kephira, Beeroth, and kirjath Eirim. But the children of Israel did not attack them because the rulers of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel, and all the congregation complained against the rulers. We don't know how the children of Israel discovered that the whole affair was a scam. Maybe as they advanced their military plan, they were informed that the next cities on the docket to conquer were in fact protected by the treaty that they just made. The congregation murmured against the leadership. There would be no spoils from these cities, and they would now have to put up with the Gibeonites living among them in the heart of Israel. God had warned them not to make evil alliances, but that was exactly what they had done. How many people today make evil alliances? God tells us not to be unequally yoked. Believers with unbelievers. But many Christians think that they are the exception. They are relying on their senses and emotions rather than upon the Word of God. They don't sincerely inquire of the Lord because they don't want to hear what He says. Verse 19, Then all the rulers said to all the congregation, We have sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. Now therefore we may not touch them. This we will do to them. We will let them live, lest wrath be upon us because of the oath which we swore to them. And the rulers said to them, Let them live, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers for all the congregation as the rulers had promised them. Now, even though Israel's treaty with the Gibeonites was based upon fraudulent statements that they had made, Israel honored their word, for they had taken an oath before God. In Psalm 15, it says that the one who may dwell in the Lord's holy hill swears to his own hurt and does not change. In other words, he keeps his word even when it costs him. It would have been blasphemy against God, taking his name in vain, for them to swear an oath in his name and fail to keep it. Then they would have brought God's judgment upon their own heads. In this age of broken promises, let us make it our aim by God's grace to be people of our word. Joshua would make the best of his mistake by making the Gibeonites woodcutters and water carriers in the house of God. Then Joshua called for them, and he spoke to them, saying, Why have you deceived us, saying, We are very far from you when you dwell near us? Now therefore you are cursed, and none of you shall be freed from being slaves, woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. So they answered Joshua and said, Because your servants were clearly told that the Lord your God commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Therefore we were very much afraid for our lives because of you and have done this thing. Now here we are in your hands. Do with us as it seems good and right to do to us. So he did to them and delivered them out of the hand of the children of Israel so that they did not kill them. And that day Joshua made them woodcutters and water carriers for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord in the place which he would choose even to this day. 
Now, I have to say, I don't blame the Gibeonites for seeking to save themselves. Their backs were up against the wall. They knew that if they did nothing, that they would be destroyed. They didn't go about it the right way, but their plan worked in saving their lives. They were happy to be servants, for their lives had been spared. History would show that the Gibeonites became faithful servants in the house of the Lord. So, does this make everything right? Listen, after 40 years in ministry, I can tell you that people are sinners. In fact, I haven't met a perfect person yet. What never ceases to amaze me is how God pours out His grace on sinners like us. So, does that mean that we should sin so that grace may abound? Certainly not. But we can be thankful that God turns mistakes into blessings, and he gives beauty for ashes. Shouldn't this cause us to give him glory? It should also cause us not to be paralyzed or discouraged by our mistakes, but to learn from them, persevere through them, and obtain the blessing of God. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where five Amorite kings join forces against the Gibeonites and Israel goes to war against them. It's a great lesson in faith. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Joshua on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.